0: How does appreciation feel to you? A rising rush of warmth? A building wave of confidence? At Reward Gateway Eden Red, we know appreciation appreciates in value. Starting with people, radiating through companies to transform their performance and productivity. Capture
1: the power of appreciation, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
2: Joan Richardson has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Joan. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS.
3: This is the Daily Tech News for
2: Wednesday,
3: March 13th, 2019. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt.
2: And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane.
0: From beautiful, now snowy again, Salt Lake City, I'm Scott Johnson. And from a dry and mildly sunny LA County area, I'm the show's producer, Roger. So
3: yesterday, we fixed all the problems with the World Wide Web, uh, thanks to a little inspiration from Tim Berners-Lee, and today, we will fix all of the problems with privacy and sharing your images for IBM. Uh, no, we, we, we're going to talk a little bit about IBM getting some heat for what I think is just them using the Creative Commons license, but there's more to it than that. Still, let's start with a few tech things you should know.
2: YouTube Music, YouTube Music Premium, and YouTube Premium have all launched in India. Google Play Music and Google Play Movies will also continue to operate in the country. YouTube Music is free and ad-supported. YouTube Music Premium will lose the ads and charge 99 rupees per month. And the crowded music market there in India includes recently launched Spotify as well, alongside market leaders like Gaina and Geo7, uh, along with Amazon and Apple as well.
0: Nice. At the Inside Xbox event Tuesday, Microsoft demonstrated its Project X Cloud game streaming service for the first time. Long rumored, lots of conversation, finally talked about it. Microsoft showed Forts at Horizon 4 streaming from an Azure data center to an Android device using the Xbox controller connected by Bluetooth. Not as complicated as it sounds. Project X Cloud will enter public trials sometime later this year or sometime later this year. Microsoft also officially released its wireless display app to stream PC games to the Xbox One and use the Xbox controller to play them using Miracast. Google is expected to announce a new game streaming service at the Game Developers Conference next week.
3: Everybody's getting into the pool. All right. South China Morning Post reports that the Fushan subway station in Shenzhen, China, is demonstrating 5G technology, including the ability to use facial recognition to pay your fare. Uh, riders scan their face at a tablet-sized screen mounted at the entrance gate. For now, it's just a test. Although it it will work if you register uh, your your face to your account, it'll it'll charge you. Shenzhen Metro, however, did not announce any plans for a wider rollout. Doesn't mean they won't, but they they didn't announce anything yet. Uh, don't forget. Uh, first of all, in China, everybody uses mobile payments. So this is like, hey, instead of having to use your phone at the train, you could use your face. It's even easier. And uh, a KFC in China introduced smile to pay at its Hangzhou restaurant back in January 2017. So even using facial recognition to pay is not that new in China. All right, let's talk a little bit more about uh, some moves Google's making that might shed some light on their future plans, Scott.
0: Well, Business Insider is reporting that Google has moved a few dozen employees out of its laptop and tablet teams. Several projects have supposedly been canceled, uh, though the employees have been asked to find temporary new roles in the company. Uh, meaning, Google Google may, fi- uh, sorry, may be seeking more flexibility in their hardware roadmap. Uh, yeah, I. Whenever Google does this, and they kind of go a little bit quiet on. Uh, a project internally, or or um, a, a category of the market, it usually says one of two things to me: either that is not uh, making the profit people had hoped in general, or somebody else is dominating it, and they would rather spend their time elsewhere. So who knows with this?
2: I, I, I gotta say, it must be great to work at Google because usually this is something where it's like, uh, okay, we're shuttering your department and you uh, are getting severance and you no longer work here. And Google's like, why don't you just find a temporary new role somewhere else in this company?
3: I uh, I have it on good authority that 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 plan at Google is called a bungee, uh, like like a bungee cord, where you just kind of you kind of jump to another role for a while, uh, and it, and it does help them not lay people off. Uh, right. Sometimes people bungee and then land on the ground and they don't end up keeping a role and they leave the company. But uh, but it does allow people to try to find another role. So I think Google is using that here to give themselves some flexibility to say, Maybe they need to pare down their laptop and tablet efforts and focus on a couple. And so they're like, well, we don't really need all you guys because you were working on 12 different products and we've picked the two we want to focus on, but hang out for a while because we'll probably have more coming down the line. It seems like a pretty smart way to do it to me.
2: Google has also expanded its list of available default search engines in the Chromium 73 stable release. While Google's own search, still the the one that you get at install, the alternatives have expanded to include privacy-focused search engines like DuckDuckGo in more than 60 markets worldwide. DuckDuckGo was not previously an option in Chrome's defaults. Qwant, Qwant? was Quant was added as an option in finance, but not in, uh, I'm sorry, in France, but not in Germany or Italy. France, which is also a financial center of service. What's the matter with us today? It's just me. uh, Yeah. So, so, uh,
3: before there's some other Chrome 73 features uh, rolling out as well, but I love this. Uh, move by Google. And I think it's based on public and governmental pressure that they're like, you know what, we should really clean this up and make sure at least the top four search engines in every market besides ourselves are available as a default before someone forces us to do so.
0: Yeah, my feeling is the same. And it's interesting because part of me wants to go, uh, oh, th- this is a very magnanimous thing for Google to do. And any time a company does this, like Apple with their privacy commitments and other companies do similar things, to have Google do this, I go, oh, good job, guys. You're thinking of us. You're taking care of us and you're giving us more options. You're not trying to force us down your narrow path. But then another part of me swings in and goes, well, yeah, but also they're kind of sandbagging here. It's a little bit of a way for them and not, not in a bad way. Maybe this shows that that pressure can be good. Uh, but this is them saying, yeah, we get in some trouble sometimes, even, even when we don't intend to be. Why don't we get out in front of this and be open and, uh, opportunistic as possible so that when the time comes for somebody to scrutinize us for some reason or another, this isn't just added onto the pile of complaints. So it's fine with me either way. I just wish it was pure nice move customer-facing move by Google and not the rest, the other part of my brain that says, well, you're just doing this so you can preemptively get out of trouble.
2: Although Tom and Roger, you both use DuckDuckGo, so this is something that, you know, it's a nice feature for you. Yeah, I I, I said something that you're already using.
3: I set DuckDuckGo as my default search engine on mobile, uh, on on the Safari browser on iOS to be specific, uh, as a way to just kind of vary it up so that all of my activity isn't being captured. I still use Google on the desktop. And honestly, I didn't ever look to see if DuckDuckGo was available as a default, which it wasn't until now. Uh, But I wasn't really going to change it on the desktop. Nice to know that it's there though. And I'll be honest, using it on mobile, it never causes a problem. I never go, well, I guess I have to go to Google to find this thing. I, I can always find what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah. yeah it's, I, it's, I like it just for, I don't know. I just like alternatives. Even if there are not alternatives I don't use all the time. I like that the, that the market keeps having weird stuff like this happen. Like I would have never suspected two, three years ago if you have said, Hey, what if a privacy focused search engine popped in out of nowhere? Do you think it'd get any traction? I probably would have said, no, it just seemed like it was too, too saturated, too much control by you know one big company and then a handful of others and, I think it's great that DuckDuckGo is doing what it's doing. I just have never used it until the last week or so, so I'm new. i I, I set it to I set it to my default defaults. in uh, Chrome for OS 10. Like you actually physically have to hard add, code it, right? Yeah, yeah. hard hard it hard, hard. But I've been using it because uh, I just wanted to see. Because I mean, Google's default and everything. I wanted to try a different search engine for the most ninety. of the time, it's fine. It's the 10% that I actually switch over to Google if I need to get more detail on a news story or something.
3: Uh, Before we wrap this up, Sarah, tell us some of the other things that are coming to Chrome 73.
2: Yeah, Chrome 73 is rolling out today for Mac, Windows, and Linux with a slew of new features, including some people will be excited about dark mode. That's at least for Mac OS, although it's supposedly coming to Windows soon. Plus better syncing and account sign-in features, new developer support for hardware, media keys, and auto picture-in-picture. Spotify
3: has filed a complaint against Apple with the European Commission over App Store rules. Spotify claims that the Apple App Store limits choice and stifles innovation. They say it's an abuse of market dominance, and they want the European Union to look into it. The complaints center around the fact that Apple requires app makers to collect payments through Apple. You can't provide an alternative source to collect the payments. And, of course, the fact that Apple takes 30% cut out of subscriptions Uh, at least in the first year. And Apple doesn't take the cut of other purchases. Spotify particularly points to ride-sharing services like Uber, where they're like, Apple doesn't take a cut of the fares. Why are they taking a cut of our subscription for music? Spotify also wants Apple's own apps, like Apple Music, to have to abide by all the same rules as everyone else in the store, and they want Apple to stop controlling communications with users. Now, as a side note, Spotify has its own problems. Uh, Gimlet Media Company, the podcasting company it acquired last month, has its employees of the podcasting part of the organization unionizing with the Writers Guild of America. So it's not like Spotify is is not got its own negotiations with people upset with the way it does business. But let's focus on this Apple claim, because this is huge. Uh, everyone has been wondering when Apple would be taken to task for its App Store policies. Uh, and Elizabeth Warren didn't put this in her Medium post last week, but she told The Verge, yes, Apple's App Store policies definitely fall under what I want to investigate if I'm president. Uh, so Spotify is, is bringing this to Europe, and Europe is, as we know, uh, very friendly to these sorts of investigations.
0: I... Oh, go ahead, Scott. I was just going to say, I actually think Spotify has a point here. Um, up to up till now, I've not been too bothered by, as a consumer anyway, bothered by the, uh, the profit split at Apple. It mirrors a lot of other profit splits out there, but they're also seeing their own disruption. Uh, Steam being one, the Epic Store coming in with a better cut, that sort of thing. Um, and so... It does seem to be coming up more and more like, "Mm, okay, well, at this point, when you have this kind of dominance, maybe there's something something has to shift around. But the Spotify complaint specifically just sounds legit to me like there's there's some inconsistencies here. Uh, If you're going to have a streaming music service, you're already dealing with the lowest margins out there when it comes to entertainment licensing. Mm -hmm. And you have to come to this platform and cough up your subscription 30 percent for anyone who subscribes through the app. Uh, the alternatives to go full Amazon, but not everybody can do that uh, and make everybody sub and pull things outside of uh, the OS. And the fact that they've got their own competing music service in there where they don't have to pay themselves uh, 70% cut and keep 30, like that's ridiculous to even talk about. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is, or I don't know how egregious it is at this point. It just does start, it's starting to feel a little frisky. And I think Apple's probably going to have to respond in some in some major way.
3: I I don't know that this meets anti-competitive behavior. Anti-competitive behavior is I'm abusing my market dominance to stop others from doing the same thing. With Android, the dominant operating system, and with uh, Android available to Spotify to go be on, I'm not sure you can make the argument that, well, Apple is preventing things from happening in the marketplace. They're, They're certainly preventing things from happening on iOS, but that doesn't mean they're preventing things from happening in the marketplace. There's plenty of innovation in the marketplace. Android is the dominant operating system in the marketplace. So, you know, the remedy for this should be uh, if people don't like it, they don't have to develop for Apple and they don't have to buy Apple products. And and that is a choice that most people make. <laughs> uh, maybe not so much on the developer side, but certainly on the consumer side, most people don't choose iOS. So... As as much as I agree with you in principle that I wish Apple would treat subscription revenue in particular uh, as just a pass through rather than trying to take a cut of it, because I do feel that that's, you know, them sort of pushing their own interests. I don't know that it falls under the need for a legal remedy.
0: Yeah, but it's also if they're going to get any traction, it's to do it with the EU. And that's what they're doing. We'll see if that does anything. But um, I always notice that these things always come up as complaints in the EU. Uh, and not here to start with. And it's usually because the EU Well, the same
3: reason the patent uh, cases used to get filed in the Eastern District of Texas. I think that's going to stop now with new patent rules, but you know, you could you always get a friendly ear there.
0: Yeah.
2: Also, an here. interesting comparison to make to Uber, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, Spotify and Uber. Sure. The, the, people get paid on both sides, you know, by A company, but uh, very yeah. apples and oranges. You
3: That's can good. even subscribe to Lyft and Uber. You can you can That's you true. can pay a monthly fee. Same thing with Postmates where you can pay a monthly fee, but Apple doesn't take a cut of those. It's interesting.
0: Well, let's talk about Twitter. Everyone loves Twitter. I don't know, maybe not. Except the anyway, people who don't. An update to the Twitter app will let you swipe left from the Twitter timeline to access The camera functions. It gives you the immediate option to take a photo or loop up to two minutes of video. It's interesting they're looping that high now. It used to be only looping at six seconds or under. A mini swipe takes you to the options to stream video or audio. You can overlay a location, hashtag, and your usual tweet message and post immediately. Photos uh, also are larger in the Twitter feed uh, and appear before the text. A lot of changes and tweaks and stuff happening over at twitter lately including some rumored stuff that some people are upset about but what do we think about these changes
3: <laughs> some people are always upset so i guess that's not news
2: uh, many, I, may, many people are upset
3: no there's a, there's a twitter has been rolling out a lot of test features we talked about uh, briefly yesterday that twttr app uh for trying out features twitter's trying to be better about rolling out features faster i love this uh this is twitter saying we know photos are great on the internet. Uh, everybody loves seeing photos. We know we haven't been doing photos as well. We're gonna make it easier for you to take a photo or make a video or even stream live. It's not even gonna have the Periscope branding on it even though we'll use Periscope's infrastructure. Uh, we're gonna make it easy and we're gonna make it look better in the timeline so that when you do post your photos and videos, uh, they, they look cooler, but we're not going to try to rip off Spotify or, or I'm sorry, uh, Snapchat or Instagram Stories.
0: Yeah, I want to dig deeper into this video or audio distinction um, if they're if they really want to push that or not as a the thing. Streaming? where, Yeah, yeah. They've like, been trying to push streaming audio through Periscope for a long time. And I I kind of I mean, I did a Periscope. The most recent Periscope I did was a talk I gave at a school at a college talking about making content around video games. And I really wanted people to see it but I couldn't hold my camera up like some goofball trying to do periscope. So I just kind of parked it down next to my uh, chair and had it look at the floor the whole time. Uh, that would have been a nice time for just an audio option. So I actually really like that. And I hope they, you know, I hope that makes a bigger splash.
2: Cool. Also, I know it's a small thing and Twitter's photos have gotten larger and larger over time. You know, if you remember, if you've been at Twitter back in the day, you know, it used to just be a link yeah. and then it was a sort of a small photo in the, in the feed. And now they're, they seem pretty big to me now already, but I guess they're getting bigger. But to have that before whatever text is being tweeted along with the photo, that sounds like, eh, who cares? But it actually does sort of matter because you're, you're, the photo is now front and center. It's what's grabbing you. And then you go, well, what's the caption? Yeah. Which is very Instagram-like.
3: Totally. Yeah. Uh, and just just very normal. We're normally we're used to seeing a photo and then a caption below it, not a tweet mm-hmm. and then a photo under it or not even a full photo, but like a part of a photo under it. How
0: about some better compression? I just want to throw that out before we pass through this sure. some better compression Twitter. It all looks like crap and garbage. Freaking better photo compression.
2: yeah. Bloomberg reports that Apple, we're going back to Apple now, is still trying to finalize deals with movie and TV companies to become part of its video streaming service expected to be announced on March 25th. Apple is supposedly talking with AT&T, CBS, and Lionsgate about adding services like HBO, Showtime, and Start to the service alongside Apple's own, own originals. The deals reportedly need to be reached by this Friday. Time is of the essence. And while most are expected to be signed... They still need to agree on things like marketing and promotion and user experience. Netflix and Hulu, both not expected to be available through the new service, but both are still available on the iOS and TBOS apps.
3: Yeah. So uh, we'll be talking about this a lot, especially after March 25th, but, uh, this Bloomberg report, and Mark Gurman is one of the authors on this, so I I feel like it's pretty reliable, makes me think that we have been thinking about the Apple streaming service wrong, that we've been thinking Apple is going to have a bunch of originals in a Netflix-style service, and it is not. This makes me think what Apple's going to do is push the simplification. Hey, everybody, you complain about the fact that you have too many services to keep track of, too many bills to subscribe to with all these various amounts. What if we Made it simple. You, you, you could have somebody who's tracking what your subscriptions are, suggesting ones you might want to add, suggesting when it's time to cancel one because you're not using it, and we'll make it all available through iOS and TVOS, as well as a perk having some originals that you can't get anywhere else because we're the ones making it. Uh, that feels like the push here. It's not going to be an Apple streaming service with Apple content. It's going to be an Apple consolidation service for your streaming at, for your streaming content that Apple Apple will add some things to as a bonus for using their service.
0: I mean, I don't have a ton to add to this, except to say when you mentioned it on our morning show this morning in brief, it uh, was the first time I'd heard this talked about this way. And I think you're absolutely right. Otherwise, this is just another sort of, hey, we got the thing too. And it took us forever, but it's because it's better. But really, is it Apple? And why is it more expensive? Like all the dumb Apple stuff that falls around it. Is it just a quick zero to 60 second uh, attempt to catch up with Netflix and everybody else? Or is it something more than that? And I think you may have, in my mind, you've dug up what, what more it is. We'll find it on the 25th, but I really, really like your theory.
3: Thank you. I'm glad you do. Uh, and actually, if you want to hear me imitate what I think Apple Mind announce in Apple version of language, uh, check out the morning stream because that's what I did on
0: TV. <laughs> it was that's really awesome. good. Yeah, it was something else.
3: <laughs> hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. <laughs> All right, let's talk about NBC News reporting that IBM was using and is using and has used images from Flickr in order to train an AI on facial recognition. Now, this is being reported by NBC News as a privacy violation. So let's talk about what's actually happening. The photos that IBM are using were listed under a Creative Commons license on Flickr. Uh, This is something that used to be kind of front and center. Now it's not the default. You default to copyright protection now on Flickr. But I think for a while, the default was Creative Commons. I'm not sure, could be wrong about that. But a lot of people did it. So a lot of people made their photos available on Flickr under a Creative Commons license. And IBM said, oh, okay, This grants us wide rights to use the photos without having to ask specific permission, so we will do that. Now, IBM said it complied with privacy principles anyway and that the data set compiled data on measurements between facial features then discarded the images. The actual images themselves are not stored, nor are they part of the algorithm. In other words, they pull up the image, They make a bunch of measurements like how far is the nose from the eyes, and and, and it's much more complex than that. They store those measurements to help train the machine learning and then discard the image. IBM also said individuals could opt out of the data set. They're like, even so, even though we're not actually storing your image, if you don't want us to use it, if you want to withdraw that permission that you put on your Creative Commons license, you can do that. Question is, how do you figure out if you're in the data set? Well, NBC News has developed a tool to make it easy to check if your image was used. Now, folk, I'll let Scott and and Sarah describe their reactions to this, but I have a very specific reaction that I think uh, is very telling about how things have changed on the Internet over the past 10 years. Sarah, you go first. I want to
2: hear. Uh, it. All right. Well, so uh, as a Flickr user, um, and I, I am currently a Flickr user, <laughs> I'm paying for Pro still because I have a lot of photos on there. But back in the day, I was I was a very avid Flickr uploader user. Uh, um, I was I was I was in I was in the wheelhouse of Flickr, and I had. Not all of them. Um, there were certain albums that that weren't, but most of my photos were Creative Commons because I kind of liked the idea of people being, you know, being able to 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 have a little bit more uh, ability to to use them creatively, and it was it was sort of the it was it was the way that community felt at the time. Again, this is like 2007, 2008 at at its heyday. So, and I remember getting into kind of an argument with a photographer friend of mine who was like, you know, you're screwing it up for the rest of us. You know, we're trying to make money on this stuff. You know, you're just kind of letting people use your photos. And those were the conversations we were having about creative commons at the time. Now, when you think about what IBM is doing, it doesn't really bother me because the photos themselves are not being used in a way that I feel violates my personal privacy. However, I would be a little weirded out to know uh, that my photos specifically were being used. And I it doesn't appear that they are because I tried this tool earlier today. But if they were, I would want to know that beforehand rather than someone saying, well, if you want to know if you're part of this experiment with AI, check out this tool. That's That's really my only gripe with this.
0: Hmm. Uh, My take is I don't actually care if they use my photos at all. I don't find it uh, all that big a deal. They're up publicly anyway. If these were non creative commons licensed things, well, that's a different thing, but I think IBM is adherent to the creative commons uh, as it it currently is uh, stands. And I think that this is yet just what this is for me is yet another example of not legislation, but rules and guidelines that were made during a time where nobody knew we'd be scouring millions of photos and using it for machine learning, using it to understand this or that or build whatever. Like, we didn't know that. All we knew was I took a thing, maybe I'm a photographer, maybe I'm an artist, I put it up online, and I said, hey, I would like this to be able to be used by other people and shared around, but only under these restrictions. Therefore, Creative Commons is great because it gives both them a chance to use it and create attribution, and it gives me the exposure I want, but also the protection I want for my own work. And what's happened is we're now in a new place. It's different now. Uh, what you can do with these things is so much different than any of us thought of. So I think it's probably just time to go reevaluate what Creative Commons is and kind of make adjustments as necessary. Make it a more fluid set of guidelines that are agreed upon. But like copyright law, like a million other things that are sort of like this, um, they don't stick very long. Stuff changes and we have to approach it that way. So that's my takeaway take is that this just needs to be talked about again. I, and- I,
3: I disagree with both of you.
0: All right, great. I,
3: uh, and more with Scott than Sarah. Uh, Creative <laughs> Commons was exactly for this use. And there are multiple versions of it that you can choose the rights uh, that you want to attach to your image. And if this story comes out in 2008... NBC News is talking about how this crazy open license has uh, un- unleashed innovation, allowing IBM to create an artificial intelligence that can create facial recognition. If we didn't have Creative Commons, IBM would have had to go and get permission to use all these photos. But because of the Creative Commons license, we've now unleashed innovation and creativity because that was the spirit in 2008 and 2009. The only thing that has changed is our attitude towards this. So I don't think Creative Commons needs new licenses. They have a very bullet-tested licensing system. What has to happen is people need to realize that their decisions of 10 years ago still have impacts today. Because I think when Flickr was sort of encouraging you to do Creative Commons, people didn't think, oh, it could be used for anything. They thought, oh, I'm sharing with other people like me. Even though the Creative Commons license specifically is created to do exactly that and there are versions of the license that will restrict what you can do with the images while still being able to share them there are things like calling for attribution or saying well you can use mine but you can't share it with anybody else you can only use it for your own purposes i i think that sarah's uh, objection is is the natural one of like well i wanted to share it with other people back then but i didn't realize it could be used for this I, I think that's just a change in our attitudes. Though it's always been what the Creative Commons license was for was to say, "Hey, let someone else use your your image so that they can just go and do something unexpected with it and learn from it." But, but we've this- also
2: had a decade plus of 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 you know warnings and 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 potentially frightening stories about you know how how how. How smart AI is getting and how humans need to be more and more wary of, 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 you know, where are the robots going with all of this? So I think I think you make a really good point that back in the day, if. Wow.
1: Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Claude three model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This
2: would have been explained to the public. Uh, probably a lot more people would have been like, wow, pretty cool, because we've mm-hmm. made such strides in the last 10 years yeah. in, in in this uh in this arena and, and, and some of them trouble people.
0: Yeah. I would, I would actually say, uh, just to, I know we're almost out of time here, but I just want to say this. I actually agree with everything Tom is saying 100% across the board.
2: <laughs> no, you're supposed is, to argue with him.
0: <laughs> my, I, true. But my only point is, uh, and I should have clarified this. If people want this to change, then they're going to have to change it. In other words, if people are scared about this so, now- You can change work.
3: it. So so it, what need, Flickr is at fault here, right? Flickr, if anybody's at fault, it's Flickr for encouraging people to use Creative Commons without really educating them what the impact might be. And Flickr should make it really easy for you to mass, you know, unselect all your stuff. And IBM is doing the right thing and saying, hey, you don't want to be part of this database, that's fine. Uh, but unfortunately- I, I think it's the wrong attitude. I think it shows that we are, we are headed into the cycle of not sharing. We're headed in the cycle of, of building up walls. And you can see that because the successful companies are the ones that have big walled gardens. We're just in that period of time, which is different than it was 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, I agree with that as well.
2: Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. We hope you're still with us in 10 years. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. You guys on Facebook, you too. Stay put. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. If
3: show. Facebook's still here in 10 years, to stay put. <laughs> well, Otherwise, yeah. we understand.
2: A lot of things can happen in yeah. 10 years. All right. Let's check out the mailbag because
3: email will be here in 10 years. I could tell you that.
2: That's for sure. It is the cockroach of tech. James had thoughts on Tom's views around Cambridge Analytica and our overall discussion yesterday on Tim Berners-Lee and where the web is today. James says, I could not agree with Tom more. In fact, I'd argue that Facebook's mistake was much more mundane and commonplace one bad governance. But the suggestion and I believe James is referring to my my suggestion on the show that the problem can be solved by improving search results at all bothers me. It sides too closely to limiting the internet's unbound nature because it essentially argues that the problem here is curatorship, but user choice has long been the driving force of the online world. Maybe less, not more is the answer. Worked for Wikipedia, didn't it? Mm. Well, I, I I'm not sure, James, that I said that the the answer is you know let let's figure out Google search results. But I did use that as an example of something that is being gamed and something that uh, cur- creates sort of uh, you know a disenfranchised view of 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 how the, the internet is, is, and you know, the smart people and the scammers can, can, can figure things out to, to, to confuse and annoy the rest of us.
3: Yeah. Just one, just one, one thing, not a silver bullet to solve everything. Yeah,
2: exactly. But thanks for the email, James. Thanks to everybody who emails us every day. And thanks to Scott Johnson for being our co-host on this wonderful Wednesday. Scott, what's new with you?
0: Well, on this wonderful Wednesday, uh, not a lot new, but there is some stuff cooking. So if you want to follow what I do, get any of my shows, uh, check out my uh, my daily thoughts, check me out on Twitter at Scott Johnson. And my website is frogpants.com. So go there and check it out. Tell me what you think.
3: We love getting new members. Uh, and if you're not already a member of DTNS, uh, there are lots of cool perks for it. For instance, at the co-executive producer level right now, you get a bonus show every month where Sarah, myself, Roger, and often Scott, I think Scott's going to join us this month, look back at the DTNS lineups from five years ago, and and look at all the interesting stories, some of which seem like they could have come out of today, some of which are wildly different. It's, it's a lot of fun, and that just comes into your custom ad-free RSS feed that is created for every patron who joins us at patreon.com. So go check it out, patreon.com slash DTNS.
2: Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Write us early and write us often. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live.
3: Back with Justin Robert Young tomorrow. Talk to you then.
0: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club